You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is called Pirate Radio. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? You run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists. You throw them in jail. Everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, they're back on the streets doing the yeah. same goddamn so, thing. So you just put them in the morgue. You're goddamn right, I do. One chooses to walk the way of the Mandalore. You are both hunter and prey. This is the way. This is the way. The Force will be with you. Always. Be bold. Be brave. Courageous. Black alert. It's called Pirate Radio. We a refuge for great geeks, cause round here we don't get geek. We don't care for the hate speech. That's why we ain't mainstream. So we linked up on the same team. No heights we can't reach. We are fan, we're hearts true. If you feel the same, sing along too. Say great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge, great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. It's like, yeah, uh, no, action news. And now, your host, Mike Lutzberg. I'm totally gonna use that, too. <laughs> Hello, friends, and welcome back to At The Diner, the flagship podcast of the GGR Pirate Radio Network. My name is Michael Lunsford. I am your host for this wonderful, wonderful show that we have here. But I've got two fantastic co-hosts with me as well. You know them. You love them. The first is MC Brooks. He's been with us since 2018. Is that right? 2018? I think so, because that was when we were just talking about um, Otakon. And that was when we tried to submit and they were like, yeah, you guys don't exist. And we were like, crap. Uh, so we fixed that. Um, but then we've also got Mr. James Rambo, who's been with us since, is it, was it 2019 or was it last year? Oh, I, fuck, I, I think 2019. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Either way, I got two awesome folks. They're here. They make this podcast. If it wasn't for them, it would just be me talking to you guys by myself. And that's kind of fucking weird. So... We're talking MCU. We've been re-watching uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and we have opinions, as always. Um, let's start off with these two that we're going to be doing today. It's Guardians of the Galaxy, and it's uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Um, you know what? Let's start with Guardians of the Galaxy, because Captain America, Winter Soldier, I think we're all going to be pretty much in agreement on that one. But um, Rambo, I want you to kick it off uh, for us here, and, and let's talk about Guardians, because... This was an interesting movie because like a lot of people were not super familiar with it going into this. So this was kind of an interesting formula that Marvel chose instead of doing the same thing that they had been doing with all the other heroes, which most people had heard about. I mean, like it, this is the first time that Marvel's been like, hey, 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 we're going to do some weird shit. Like we, we knew there were going to be like gods and aliens and shit with, you know, with Thor uh, which was pretty cool. Like we, we were getting into the the more fantastical elements of things, but this is the first time we're like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. We're gonna do weird shit. Um, apparently, when uh, James Gunn was first talking to Kevin Feige and Marvel uh, about coming on, uh, 
they were no actually no, he 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 had signed on um they were like hey uh you know we understand if you want to kind of you know uh, uh smooth out some of the 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 otter elements here and you know make this a little more uh you know t- you know sort of take out the, the the weirder bits and he's like are you kidding me i signed on because your team has a character that is a talking raccoon and his best friend is a giant talking tree. No, that's what I'm here for. That's my <laughs> whole deal. Um, and, you know, James Gunn was a perfect example of uh, just getting the right person for the job. He's a dude who uh, his training, for the most part, was all with the trauma films. Um, like, you know, so like like Samurai Cop and, and uh, Toxic Avenger and all that shit. So it was like modern day uh, uh, um, Roger Corman movies. Uh, make them fast, make them cheap, make them weird and gross. Uh, you know, super exploitive and just, you know, the weirdest, most uh, exciting thing you possibly can. Um, but you learn how to, like economy of filmmaking and doing that kind of stuff. And you learn how to to break a story very quickly and very efficiently. Um so yeah, this was this was a really exciting, uh, uh, really exciting move for them to to make, and to to really show, particularly some of the harder core fans, like, no no no, we're we're fully invested and fully aware of uh, the fact that it's not just like non cape superheroes running around and punching people in the face. Like there is a much bigger world to explore. I mean, like, and and you it's just been a steady build toward bigger and more expansive stuff over time like the reveal of thanos at the end of the first avengers was a big damn deal um and it it really solidified the fact that they were like no we're we're not going to shy away from the the less human less fantastical elements of the of the mcu we are going to go whole hog on them and it's something they've still been doing you know as recently as uh well shit as recently as you know this last week um <laughs> and uh you know like like wandavision was also a good example of when they're they're really leaning in to be like no no, no magic magic is a thing yeah we're gonna do full magic for everything like witches and 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 parallel universes and shit. Yeah, it's all happening. We're all doing all of it. Um, so yeah, it was. It was. I think. I feel like this was really the first uh, proper uh, outing for Marvel to be like, there is big crazy fun shit that's going to be coming. We're doing space cyborgs and talking raccoons that aren't raccoons and uh, uh, you know all kind of aliens and shit. So you know, fucking strap in. And that's that's awesome. That was that was really exciting. Yeah, I mean, and, and kind of with that context too. I, I was because in doing these rewatches, one of the things that I've been looking is kind of like the through lines of like what which movies kind of like set the tone for the other ones. And like watching the Thor movies, I realized that the Thor movies kind of like it's kind of like the gateway drug for for shit like Guardians because it was like yeah we're gonna introduce some magic and shit, but also it's not really magic. It's these people that are on alien planets and humans saw them as magic and we were like oh okay 
And then Guardians of the Galaxy was like, no, fuck all that. We're going to do even more. It's going to be even bigger <laughs> and weirder and crazier shit. But, like, it introduced you to the aspect that, like, it's not just Earth. And Iron Man was kind of grounded in the sense that it was like, hey, this is just on this planet. And then we got Thor, and it was like, okay, no, it's more than just this planet. And then Captain America was like, it's this planet, but then there's also some other weird shit, too. So, like, <laughs> they've kind of, like, mixed in all of these things. And Guardians was kind of the culmination of that. But also, like... Guardians is one of those movies that, like, it's I don't rank it up there in, in my favorites, the first one, like, at all. But, like, I appreciate what it did. I like James Gunn's style. And the movie's, the movie's pretty good. It was it was fun. Like, I, it's just never going to be, like, one of my favorites ever. And it has zero to do with the characters. I thought the characters were fun as shit. Like, again, a fucking talking raccoon that blows shit up. I mean, come on. That's awesome. And, like, him wanting the... Um, the prosthetic arm and like you're like well, the why leg? or the prosthetic leg sorry he's like why does he need the prosthetic leg and then he's like i just thought it'd be funny and i was like that's fucked up and wonderful like it's this is it's it's a good series but also too james gunn manages to find heart in things that most other people wouldn't like he manages to make the same line of i am groot actually like touching at one point towards towards the end of the movie um I think he's a fantastic director. I think that gets shown off even more so in the second Guardians movie. Um, yeah, I mean, also, like, I, I didn't even realize it, too, that one of my favorite horror movies was his until you mentioned it, Rambo, and that's Slither. Like, and then I was like, oh, now all the pieces fit. This is why this movie is like this. This is, and you can actually see a lot of, like, the, the same, like, beats as far as Guardians and um, Slither, like a lot of his movies tend to be like that. And I, and that's cool. It's, a, it's like a signature as far as I'm concerned. So, um, yeah, overall, I liked the movie. I thought it was good. Um, I thought the villain was kind of weak because it was just kind of like, well, why is this guy doing this? Other than just to have a glowing thing in his hammer. OK, cool, I guess. Like it's it was fine. I mean, because we do see Thanos in this one as well. But like it was just it was good. It was fun. Like that's kind of my take on it. MC. Yeah, so uh, honestly, like I, I was late to uh, seeing any of the Guardians films. Like I, I don't, I didn't, I didn't see the first Guardians movie until like that lull between uh, Infinity War and Endgame. Um, I'd never, I'd never just felt, I'd never felt compelled because the way people spoke about it, like it, it, it like people spoke about Guardians, like uh, like people speak about Legends of Tomorrow, which is not a good comparison point for me. <laughs> so I never saw like any real incentive to like ever to like check it out. But I was like, it's part of the MCU. So like, I, I know I need to see it because there's probably important stuff in it. Oh, and there's no, there's a lot of important stuff in it, but I was never motivated. And I don't, I don't know what it is, but having this, this is probably my, like my third time watching it. Um, and I, I, I found it way more compelling this time around than I, than I remember it being, and I'm not sure if I like paid more attention <laughs> this time around, or maybe I'm just in a different headspace or something. But um, it like while watching it, it reminded me a lot of a of um, a couple games that I, a couple RPGs I just uh, I just finished recently in Final Fantasy IX and uh, Tales of Berseria in the in the sense of like you have these cast of misfits. Who don't really know each other, uh, but end up having to work together because 
they realize there's uh, something bigger than themselves that needs to be taken care of, which is, you know, making sure this Infinity Stone, that this gem does not end up, you know, in the hands of uh, someone who's already, you know, wreaking havoc on on the galaxy. And like kind of having seen that with, with um, like I said, the games I played recently, I don't, something just really grabbed me uh, this, go, this time around. And like, I, I found myself really cheering on these characters and really like cheering on these these uh subtle moments in between like uh, like when <laughs> when Drax was, like when Jax kills that guy towards the end he's like you know finger on on throat mean slice or something like that <laughs> and, he, and he looks at startle and it's like metaphor <laughs> it, it, it was like it was so it was so corny but it was it was it was pretty it was hilarious and I was like man this this is great. I can see why people really fell in love with these characters and with this franchise and why people have been like, where the hell is Guardians 3 for the last couple years? Despite, you know, like, when the hell are we going to get it? Because I, I, I can understand it. And like, I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to uh, whenever we get it, whenever we uh, we watch uh, get, uh, Guardians 2, because I don't remember. I didn't remember either of these movies all that well. I remember little moments i remember the big twist with uh, star lord's dad in the second one but I, I don't really remember much in the way of the specifics of like what they're doing like why they are there or anything like that so i'm looking forward to it but ultimately um this one i just i really enjoyed it i love the i love the character moments it, it, it may be actually very excited for the uh, guardians of the galaxy game that's going to be coming out that just got announced a couple weeks ago um, because it looked like a lot of fun, and even though you only get to play as Star Lord in the game, um, it, it it was it, it did make me look forward to just you know big crazy space adventure, you know going on missions and and whatnot. So I had a lot of fun with this movie, and you know I'm I, it, it's probably not going to be in like my top five of of Marvel films, but it's something that I would I would absolutely rewatch. Yeah, and I think that's a, a fair assessment, too, because, like, I'll tell you one thing that I completely forgot about was, like, I thought the movie started with him in that temple on Morag. I don't remember why, but, like, I completely forgot about that scene in the beginning with his mom, and oh, I'm like, oh, oh me shit. Too. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I, missed, I forgot about that. Yeah, let, which is, it was kind of important, so I was kind of shocked that I had forgotten about it. But, yeah, like, it, it was... Yeah, it's it's not a bad movie at all. Like it's it's a good movie. And like like you said it's fun too. That's the other thing that's like super important. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It is just kind of like a big fun space adventure and um yeah, I mean overall like plus the soundtrack. I mean, come on. Yeah. This 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 is I it's one of the best soundtracks in the MCU for sure. Yeah. This, this, all the all the music placement in this movie was just great. Yeah. Rambo, so we you gave us kind of like the the behind the scenes stuff with with Guardians, but like what what's your, what's your take? Like, how do you feel about this movie? Oh, I enjoy the shit out of this movie. Um, I think it's it's the biggest experiment that the MCU had up to that point, and honestly, it's just kind of still is. Um, um, well, at least in terms of like you know standalone movies, um, I think that it's funny. I, I think what I'm about to say still holds up despite one of the biggest flaws in the movie. I think it is some of the most, most interesting characters. Um, some of the 
uh, most underrated performances. Like Bradley Cooper as Rocket is fucking fantastic. Like oh, yeah. you, he manages to, to to they manage to sneak um, some real pathos into that character in places, uh, despite the fact that he is for the most part pretty much just a dick. Um, yeah. But yeah, the whole the whole like like the the fight between him and Drax in the bar um, <laughs> when when Rocket's you know drunk it's it's really funny, but it's also like really heartbreaking to to hear him talk about how like he's been experimented on and and like he's not a monster and it's like it, yeah it's it's rough. Um, but you know the big flaw of that movie is like you said. Um, the bad guy is, you know, capital B, capital G, bad guy. Like, it's a bummer that Ronan was kind of just a one-off, you know, one-note, I am evil, therefore I am the antagonist kind of villain. Um, and I hope with, you know, with more like flashbacks and things to to various other, other uh, um, or various other movies and things, we, we get more of Lee Pace as that character, particularly because Lee Pace is just a great fucking actor. Um, like, that dude just bleeds charisma. Um, but, yeah, I I, uh, I think James Gunn is really good at injecting um, a lot of heart and um, being able to balance uh, really absurd concepts uh, with um, a genuine... Uh, uh, love for his characters. Um, I mean, like I am, I am super excited about the Suicide Squad. Um, but uh, and and like, to, you know, to the point about Guardians Three, you know, where is it at? Like, well, if Disney hadn't fucked up and dropped a bag, <laughs> like, just because you got some pressure for some from some assholes online, well, then yeah, we would have had that movie by now. <laughs> um, but hey, I guess. You know, foresight is twenty twenty. Um, yeah, no, I I really dig this movie. I uh, um, the the yeah the fucking like emotional beats are really intense in places, um, and really well executed too. Uh, and so when you when you get the you know when, you know you, we learn everything we learn about uh, about Star Lord in this movie. And, you know, we get even even more payoff of that in, in the second one. So I'm curious to see what the third one is going to bring in terms of that same sort of, like, emotional through line, um, particularly for his character. Um, but, yeah, no, it, it, I, it's, it's, it's one of my favorites of the, of the MCU entirely. Yeah, it's... Uh, I'm, there was... You, hey, man, we don't have to. Th- we don't have to feel the same way about it. It's okay. No, you're no, you're good. No, like I, it's not that. Like I, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Like there was a point that I had with this, and there was something that bugged me. Oh, you know what it is? Okay, like it's the. Yes, it fits with the character, but like, it's the same issue I have with Deadpool. Is people think they understand a character from one from a one-off line or from like a one-off moment. Where people talk about like, oh, I love Star Lord because he's just like, you know, he's like so random and like it's just like pop culture references, and he's like, hey, let's, hey, you know what? Let's have a dance off, and like, well, like that, you're not really getting. I, I why did cringe. I did cringe at that. <laughs> yeah, same. You know, like it's, yeah, um, yeah, just in general, like it, it's. 
ultimately it's fine because it makes sense in the long run. And like we, we joked about it and we talked about like how star Lord basically fucks over everybody in the MCU because he's a child. Um, in, um, in, uh, infinity war. But at the same time, like it fits with his character. So like it, it makes sense and I get it and all that fun stuff. But like, yeah, it's people still don't really understand how there, there's a lot of depth with this character. Basically, he's like an orphan and he got raised by fucking pirates. And like the more you know about that, the more you understand that scene in Infinity War. And the more you're just like, well, of course, he's not going to be able to control his emotions because he was raised by a douchebag with a mohawk who kept threatening to eat him all the time. So like yep. it, it makes sense. But like. Yeah, and 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 the other the other problem that I have with this too is like it's entirely pro- possible that like I now that I know about Chris Pratt and all of his bullshit when it comes to his religion, it's kind of like yeah, it, it's the same way I feel about um, Elizabeth Moss from um, Handmaid's Tale, where it's like, oh, you're gonna be this symbol for this thing that's like great and wonderful, but you're not at, you don't actually believe any of it. You're just cashing a paycheck, and that kind of fucks with me. And pisses me off a little bit, but again, that's bringing all my extra baggage from outside of the MCU into the MCU. So there you go, there you have it. Like it just it sucks when you have like a good character like that, a good story like that, and then the actor just turns out to be kind of a dick. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't completely ruin it for me because that's such an ensemble piece, you know. Like right. there's so many other people that are doing amazing things with Guardians that it's it's okay, and like. Just to go into some of the other things that they do with Guardians, the fact that like Groot has just become this thing that everybody loves because it's adorable. Like everybody has like a baby Groot, and like mm-hmm. when he gets into the second one, and we'll just briefly talk about it before we move into Captain America. But like when he's a teenager and he's kind of a dick, and he just goes, "I am Groot," and they're all like, "Whoa, language!" I mean, come on, that's fucking gold right there. Like, <laughs> oh, uh, another another fun fact. Uh, not exactly like this was a heavy lift or anything, but. Yeah. Vin Diesel recorded all of his dialogue in every language the movie was released in. Oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, so you get stuff like Yo Soy Groot, um, and he would just say that, you know, 60 times uh, in whatever proper inflections. But yeah, yeah, I mean, every language the movie was released in, that's all Vin Diesel. Yeah, that's awesome. Fucking good for him. The more I find out about Vin Diesel, the more I find out he's a decent dude. Like... And like yeah. kind of a kind of a nerd. Like apparently there was that one movie uh, that he made that is basically all just based off his D and D character. Oh, like, dude, not kind of. That motherfucker has a tattoo of that character's name. That's kind of awesome. <laughs> like, kinda. yeah, he he, in between shooting on Chronicles of Riddick, he taught Judy Dench how to play D and D. She then has been running campaigns for her grandchildren. I just like hearing, just imagining a D and D campaign in Judy Dench's voice, mm-hmm. like just sounds amazing. Like, <laughs> sounds incredible. I'm, I am so for this, but like, yeah, you know, cause like, like we all know, um, nothing can beat family. So True. There's, there's that. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's go on to the, not the elephant in the room, but like we all know, what the best MCU movie is by far of all of them. I'd say the best standalone for sure. Um, and it's Thor, the dark world. Um, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's Captain America Two: the winter soldier. Um, I'll start off and then I'll pass it around to you guys. I've watched this movie. Yeah, I would say I've watched this one more than I've watched any of the other MCU movies. Um, 
maybe the first Captain America is on par. Maybe I've watched both of them about the same amount of times. But this movie is so fucking good. Like, it's not even, I don't want to say it's not even fair, but like, it's when you're looking at the best movies that the MCU has to offer, this one in my mind just stands out so much more. It's on a different level. It, it just, it's such a good movie for about 8 billion different reasons. And not only that, too, this one, I think, nails the character. Of, of mm -hmm. what Captain America, not not only what he is, but what he should be and what he should stand for. And like, not only that, like, Chris Evans just nails the performance in this movie. And he, he has such a nuanced performance when really all he has to be is like stoic and like, you know, square jawed, punch people and, and this is what I stand for kind of thing. But he, there's so much more to his performance than that. The guy, the guy can fucking act. And like, there, there's so many amazing moments that you can't turn away from. There's so many moments where that, that are gut wrenching. There are so many moments that are like, I wouldn't say shocking, but like it, if you're really invested in this movie, it will make your jaw drop. Um, just overall, like just, just an absolute from start to finish, just fantastic film just outside of the MCU, just a great movie altogether. So that's my basic take on it to kind of kick kick things off. MCU, um, I, I would say number one as far as uh, as far as the solo shots is concerned. Uh, MC, what say you about this? No, no, I'm with you 110. Uh, this is this is my number one. If I if I have to if I have to rank them, although I mean Iron Man Iron Man one is is also right up there in terms of which one would be my my number one. But I mean, I don't. I, whenever you know, I see people's list about the best MCU films. Like I already know, Winter Soldier is probably going to be one or two on that on that list, and for extremely great uh, great reasons. I mean, as you mentioned, uh, Chris Evans nails the role. I mean, Cap Cap, what, he hits every every beat that you can imagine within the context of the story here. Uh, the the fight scenes were were amazing. The, the dialogue was was amazing. Uh, his his uh, his uh, back and forths with Natasha or Fury or just with anybody like it, it's all it's all awesome. And honestly, I said this in the chat yesterday, too. But I honestly, I think this is my favorite Black Widow performance of of all of her appearances. I mean, obviously, her movie comes out in a few days. Um, and she, and you know, this is not the only place that she was, you know, really good, but I really just enjoyed watching her and Steve, um, on this journey and, and seeing all their action scenes and, and whatnot together. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't have a lot to add <laughs> other than it, this, this, even outside the context of it being a superhero movie, it's just a very well done film. And, you know, I, I really, I really, I really just from start to finish, I just really enjoyed it. It was also really interesting too, to um, kind of rewatch this in context of Falcon and Winter Soldier in mind, also. Right. I got that too. Yeah. Yeah, like, because it was because there was so much about Fal about Sam's character that I I just kind of forgotten about. Uh, because, you know, uh, and I mentioned this when we talked about Falcon and Winter Soldier, that 
between like his introduction here and like the series, we don't really spend a ton of time with Sam as a as a character to really to really get to know him um, and with you know, his past and his aspirations and all of, all of that too. But it, it, I, I really did like you know how they roped him, how they roped him into the story, um, showing him uh, speaking uh, to the the veterans and also showing. Um, just how he and Cap really, uh, really related to each other here, and like it, it, it was interesting also to watch this in context of like the episode we watched or um, the episode we did a couple weeks ago where we talked about the politics of of the Avengers, and I'm just like I don't like in watching this with that in mind, I'm like I don't understand how you could think Cap would be someone who was like pro 19 like the racism of the 1940s and like see how this movie like turns out see how he's how he interacts with sam how he treats sam how he speaks to him and all that and think that oh no he's definitely a closet racist yeah. it, it just it <laughs> i i <laughs> just i it didn't make sense. Or, or even uh watching with sam and thinking sam is like oh yeah no that guy screams conservative yes yeah. yes i i can tell you know, like it just it, it none, like none of that made sense, uh, you know, in rewatching and, and seeing like their interactions and like the things they stand for and, and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, over, overall, I mean, it's 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 my number one, my not my one or two. And, yeah, it's it's a great movie. Mr. Rambo. I mean, yeah, there's, <laughs> it's 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 the sort of problem with uh, uh, we're talking about this movie is like. There's not much to say beyond praise. Um, it was really th- this feels like the first like proper adult movie um, from the MCU. This was like the first time that like they had fully hit their stride. Uh, it, it, it's when they had like gotten really comfortable with what they were making and 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 knew what they were doing, and they were like, "All right, let's do a political thriller. Why not?" Um, you know when they really start to 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 play with genre and and um and show that like these movies aren't necessarily just one thing um in terms of uh, uh super heroics uh, um <clears throat> you get some some really uh interesting you know exploration of uh of politics and and of um what does it mean to be a, a soldier now versus what it means to be uh, a soldier in World War II and um, how Steve was adjusting to the world uh, around him. Um, yeah, and like, you know, fucking Robert Redford uh, uh, coming in as as, uh, as the, the, the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, and it's funny, I remember when, when the, the trailer for this dropped, I was hoping that they weren't going to give away that Bucky was the Winter Soldier and they kind of do fairly casually in in some of the uh, the the uh, trailers and stuff. I was like, "Fuck, man!" They really let that slip. Like, that's their one kind of big secret. Um, and then, nope. <laughs> like, the reveal of fucking Hydra um, yeah. was such a big deal and completely threw me off. Like, it was it was such a genuine surprise. Um, and really kind of shapes the foundation going forward for the the 
the these stories. But uh, but yeah, so you you I mean, you get stuff like there's a degree of uh, of design and um, and to some degree fan service, uh, but but not in the way that like it kind of gets in the way of the story. Uh, just in the the sort of like no 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 we you know it's it's more of an Easter egg, but it's it's not hidden. It's kind of in plain sight um, that a lot of these movies do uh, that is really masterfully executed. And one of my favorite moments in the MCU entirely is the return of Arnim Zola. Um, when when Steve and Natasha go down into that bunker and they find all of the, you know, the 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 tape uh, uh, real computers and you learn that it's actually Arnim Zola like stuck inside this giant room because at the time this was the most advanced computer technology they had. The way he looks in that scene with the camera on top of the monitor and you can see his face on the monitor, that's what his fucking robot like body looks like in the comics. It is a detail that is like wholly unnecessary. They did not have to do that. And you you get this payoff for this thing of like, well, I was I was and still I am constantly impressed with the degree to which uh, they are going whole hog on all these things like, well, you know, they're never going to do blank because it's silly or it just won't work on screen or, um, you know, it would be it would be too laughable to see that that uh, that in the movies or the TV shows. And then they fucking do it. And they're constantly doing that. Um, and I, I it, it's it's just really impressive the way that um, they have yet to really properly shy away from some of the goofier bits. The, like, there are still flaws, there are still problems I have. Like, I wish we got a little more, you know, color saturation uh, in a lot of these costumes. Um, I wish there was a little more uh, uh, kind of vibrancy in things. But... Uh, Seeing things like that, seeing like Arnim Zola show up in his computer, like you know, in his robot form, was uh, really cleverly executed and um, like a really solid adaptation of that form and that idea. Um, yeah, it's 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 probably the best of the MCU overall. Um, maybe my favorite, uh, and for all the reasons you guys named. So I want to touch on the Hydra portion of that too. And the, uh, especially the Artem Zola thing, like this is what was so great about this movie. And for anybody who's like, uh, keep your politics out of, uh, comic book movies. You're a fucking dumbass <laughs> because this, if you can't see that this is a direct correlation to the fact that like one operation paperclip, which was a real fucking thing, That's a real and, thing <laughs> um, Two, the growth of white supremacy and uh, fascism in the United States. That's been growing right under our noses. Not only that too, let's talk about the correlation between the fact that, Oh, you thought you won the war, but you actually didn't. And the lost cause mentality that was created post civil war by the Southern gentry of this country. If you can't see the parallels to what actually is happening in the real world right now in this fucking movie, 
and not be like, oh, wow, so those are the bad guys, then you're a dumbass. But not only that, if you think that Cap would be, as MC was pointing out earlier, if you think Cap or Sam Wilson would be Trump supporters, that you're a fucking dumbass. Like, it is clear cut exactly what they're talking about in this movie. And nobody wants to talk about it that's on the conservative side. And so many people who are concerned, I love Captain America because he stands for what's right and he would be a Trump supporter. No, he wouldn't. Dipshit, you literally saw this happen. You're out it, of it, your it, mind if you think yes, that's, yeah. if that's the case. Exactly. But, like, just imagine how gut-wrenching it is because Captain America crashed that goddamn ship into the ice and was frozen for 70 years but came out of there at least thinking – I helped stop the bad guys from winning. Yeah. Yeah. And Zola was like, no, you didn't, motherfucker. We won. That's some shit. That is some serious shit. Like that. God damn. Like that was like you said that one of your favorite comic book movies. That's like, no, I am your father level. Holy Mm -hmm. shit moment, in my opinion. Like that. That was like, wow. Like fucking Hydra won. The whole time. And they did it in the most diabolical, insidious way. Again, like the Lost Cause uh, narrative of let's just slip this under there and not let anybody notice. Let's put in a bunch of racist bullshit laws to stop anybody from moving forward. But, hey, the North won the war, right? Yeah. Yeah, they did. And then all the things that you fought for end up not ever coming coming to fruition. Like it's that's the kind of like sick to your stomach feeling that this movie makes you have. But, like, fucking Robert Redford? Amazing in this movie. Well, I mean, he's an amazing actor anyways. But, like, to expect a bad performance uh, from him is silly. But, like, he was so goddamn good. And, like, that scene where he's in his house and he turns around and fucking Bucky's sitting there at the table. And he's just like, (laughs) oh, shit. And, like, the housekeeper's like, okay, I'm leaving. And he's like, okay, bye. And she leaves. And he's like, you want some milk? I was like, what's going to happen? And then you're just like, oh, no, you're in on it. And then he kills the housekeeper. Like, oh, Yolanda. Yeah. Why? <sighs> yeah. And just like, <laughs> yeah, I have to kill you now. Yeah. Like such a good performance. And like, like MC said, I think that this was peak Black Widow. She was awesome in this movie. And and I really I think you can give it to the Russo brothers for this because their directing in this movie proved that like they can handle some big, heavy shit. But like the things that I loved about this movie, too, were like one. It's not a one note movie. There's so much nuance to this. Like when he goes to visit Peggy and like, dude, that scene, like he's telling her, he's like, I just don't know what to do. After I came back, it was just like, you know, I know how to be a soldier. I know how to do that. And she's just like, yeah. And she has that moment, like, right at the end of their conversation where she's just like, you came back. And I'm like, fuck me. Are you serious? Like, yeah, that is one of the most emotional scenes. And he like and you can hear him is. And again, credit to Chris Evans. He's just like, I promised my best girl a dance. And I'm like, you piece of shit. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like, that scene was just incredible. Just the the whole thing. And like, yeah. They did such an excellent job with this movie. He did such an excellent job. I don't think there was a single person that dropped the ball in this. And, like, that fucking reveal when Nick Fury gets away from all those Hydra agents trying to kill him in D.C. And he's like, I'm good. 
and then you see this one lone soldier walking down the street in a mask and you're just like i don't know who the fuck that is but this is gonna be bad and the (laughs) and the music they use for him and then he has that weird fucking magnet gun that he fires at him that blows the like flips his fucking car like yeah the fucking like all the 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 like hand-to-hand combat fight fighting stuff I think this is the first appearance of the uh, drop the knife from one hand, pick it up with the other. Because we've had that happen at least twice in the movies. I want to say three or four times. Um, but, like, that whole fight and, like, that move in particular, I remember seeing that in the trailer and being like, what the fuck? Okay, yeah, no, this is this is some, some, some next-level shit. Um, yeah, Bucky's the Winter Soldier and... and yeah. Just yeah, the, God. There's so much good to say about this. Yeah. Um, that fight yeah. scene when they're on the helicarrier, when Steve basically breaks Bucky's arm and then starts going up the like climbing up the thing to put the chip in there to stop the helicarrier, and Bucky shoots him three fucking times, and Steve continues to go like, and you can see that it is like a serious struggle for him. And, like, puts that chip in, and then, like, Bucky's just, like, beating the shit out of him, and he's just like, I'm not going to do this, man. I'm not going to fight you. And he's like, we're, we're in this together until the end. And I'm like, and you can see Bucky, like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. My brain's broken. But, like, that, yeah, just such, such, an, such a powerful movie and, like, so well done. And like you said, like you said, a, a political thriller. And, like, seeing Gary Shandling get a, get arrested because he's a fucking Hydra spook <laughs> at the end was just fucking gold. That was just outstanding. And like seeing like basically seeing shield kind of like reassert themselves. And they're like, that was another thing that I, that I love is like when it, it, and it didn't amount to anything because Bucky ended up killing like all of them. But like when those pilots are like, we got to get up there, we got to get in the air where caps only air support. And then Bucky's like, eh, fuck you guys. Like that, that scene that's, it's just like, seeing people like stand up and they're like, no, we're going to fight for what's right. Like that, that's, you, you can't beat that man. I can't remember where he pops up again, but it's in another one of the movies later on. But the guy who refuses to like give the order, um, Oh yeah. To, when, to like attack cap, yeah. uh, and Grillo has to take it from him. Like yeah. that guy shows up again later on. Does he really with shield? Yeah. Um, like he survives. He like, he keeps his position. Uh, cause I remember him, I remember seeing him and being like, Oh shit, that's the fucking dude. He's like, I'm not doing it. And I got, no, I will not give that order. God. Yeah. And like the fucking speech, the speech that Steve gives yeah. and <laughs> God damn it. And there's also stuff like, you know, there, there's, there, there's the big moments and the really intense stuff, but there's stuff like, you know, when, when, <laughs> when Steve and Natasha are in the mall and she sees, you know, the the fucking Hydra agent looking for him, or she sees the 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 agent looking for him, and is like, uh, um, you know, kiss me. And he goes, what? She's like, public space of displays of affection make people uncomfortable. And he goes, yes, they do. <laughs> it's such a perfect like he nails that line. Yeah, <laughs> that fucking read is so good in terms of like I am very uncomfortable with this idea. <laughs> I think what was he, what what I also really he, liked um, was he's in that, Age of Ultron. Just for the record, yes. thank you, yeah. thank you. Yeah, good shit. And he pops up in a post-credit scene for Infinity War. That is really awesome. 
Yeah, that dude is getting work. Yeah, he fucking earned it. But like, I, I love that we get other conversation too. And and Cap is not just a binary character in the sense that like this is right and this is wrong. Like he starts talking to Natasha about like you know how can anybody trust you? Like you're you're fake. You know, like there's nothing real about you. And she's like, I'm whoever you need me to be. And like, he was like, that's a really shitty way to live. And she's like, yeah, it's a really great way to not die. Yeah. <laughs> like you see that there's, there's a lot of nuance to this shit and that she, like you can just paint her. Oh, she's fucking spot. can't trust her. Yeah. But at the same time too, like people like that who have had to fight for their survival, their entire lives are a different animal. It's a different breed, you know, like, and that's, that's something that makes them incredibly valuable, but also to a certain aspect, incredibly dangerous. And you can see that with Steve, too, because he's grappling with that because he doesn't trust Fury, but at the same time, doesn't really understand why. Like for him, it's very like he's wrong because he told me he didn't tell me the truth. Well, you can't always handle the truth, dude. And like it's way more complicated than that. And like like he said, he just wants to be a soldier. He's not a spy. And I think that that it, it's not so much that it makes him uncomfortable. It's just like that gray area really fucks with him. Yeah, it's it, everything. Everything. It, it's it's the one time that I think the phrase you know a simple it was a simpler time kind of applies is the you know the the stance of of like American military in World War Two. The, the the one great thing about Nazis is they are perfect fucking villains. They are always the best bad guy because no right thinking person, and by that I mean correct thinking person, uh, ever sides with the Nazis. Like to do so means you are a bad guy. You have you have chosen the most famous of antagonists in human history <laughs> at least like like, rec like recent recorded history um and and you know yeah so it was a very clear cut like these are the good guys these are the bad guys and the world has gotten a lot more complicated in the last you know 60 70 years since he's been frozen um and that's a that's a really complicated thing for him to or difficult thing for him to, to navigate and that's why pairing him with Natasha in this movie is such a great idea because she's someone for whom it's always been this complicated. Like, yeah, this is just how this works. Like in the scene where they're in the truck together, you know, is she actually flirting with Steve or is she just like, this is the job. Like is, is, is Natasha constantly working? Does she have to, does she ever get a moment to like relax and just kind of, you know, not have to be on. Um, and that's the thing, like you can make arguments in both directions, but at the end of the day, you know, you don't really know. And that's one of the most interesting things I think about her character. Um, and I'll definitely agree with MC in terms like, this is probably the best uh, showing for her character. And it doesn't, it doesn't hurt that it's also probably the, the movie that has the most footage of her. Um, and she gets the most screen time yeah. uh, to to really kind of flex those muscles and show you more layers of the character. Yeah. I, I also wonder if it was partially a conscious decision on the part of you know, some of like Kevin Feige, because um, even though he wasn't in charge, he still had pretty big influence then um, because they wouldn't allow him to do a Black Widow movie. 
Mm, so yeah. probably so probably the 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 next best thing would just be to pair her with someone else in in a sequel we already saw her with with tony so he wouldn't have been an option wouldn't fit with in in asgard with uh with thor and because of the uh film rights with universal a hulk movie was is out of the question so in some ways it's almost like cap was uh not only the best choice but potentially the only choice if they really wanted to find somewhere to feature her between Avengers films. Yeah. You know, the yeah, other thing, that's a really good point. The other thing about that too is like, where, where is the Black Widow movie set? Like timeline it's wise? After Civil War, I believe. It's between Civil War and Infinity War. Okay. Because like, I wouldn't say that they kind of lost their um, momentum, but... I mean, like, yeah, they it would have made so much more sense if we had had a Black Widow movie before now, you know, but oh, like, totally. as, yeah. as we know, fucking Perlmutter ruined that shit yeah. um, and really fucked the whole thing up. But like just kind of thinking about the, the whole thing, like this, if, if like you said, this was their best performance right after that to have a Black Widow movie would have been fucking perfect. Exactly. And like, yeah, I'm I'm super interested in her character. Like, I'm I'm not gonna go to the theater and see it. I'm still not really comfortable going to theaters to see movies yet. Oh, um, tickets already bought. Oh, yeah. <laughs> same. <laughs> see, this is why this is why we're a team. So you guys take care of that, and then let me know how it is. I mean, Yuli, um, and shout out to uh, Ulysses E. Campbell from Fantastic Forum. If you guys want to hear a uh, audio uh, an audio review of. Uh, the new Black Widow movie, it's actually up on Great Geek Refuge right now. You guys can check it out on the uh, Fantastic Forum uh, podcast. Um, I mean, like, all of his review was, he said that it was great. I mean, like, his, he seemed to really, really enjoy the movie. And, I mean, rightfully so, too. I mean, like, from what I've heard, it's it's a good flick. And, I, like, I haven't read enough into it, but apparently people are complaining that she wears white in the movie. Fuck I don't off. know if any of you guys have seen this. Like, <laughs> No, I, I mean, I'm not surprised that it's happening, but, like, who gives a shit? Like, who yeah. cares? Like, I know. I'm just curious, like, why anybody cares. I mean, you like, might as well bitch about her bright red hair. Like, if the concern yeah. is, <laughs> first of all, she's worn a white costume before. She's also worn a gray costume before. Like, like what's what's the... The scenes you see her in white are also scenes where she is in broad daylight. So... If it's a matter of, like, camouflage, well, guess what? <laughs> She's also in Russia. Like, <laughs> There it is. There, you know what it does in Russia a lot? And it's, it's, and it's white. Um, it, it fucking snows. Like, just, like god damn it. Just get yeah, over yeah, yourselves. Yeah, yeah. Like, just... And, and I feel like anytime it's a female or minority character, people just automatically, like, put these, like... You know those uh, glasses that ju uh, the jewelers wear, where it has those like extra magnifiers on it. Like that—that's yeah, what yeah. fucking nerds do. They're just oh, this doesn't make any sense because she's wearing white. They would easily identify her. Like, I, also, here's the other thing: you really think fucking Scarlett Johansson is gonna blend into a goddamn like crowd? Everybody's gonna be like, "Holy shit, it's Scarlett Johansson!" Like she stands out because she's attractive. Like. That's the thing. If you really want to break this down, too, like, you know who your best spies are? The fucking average looking dudes that don't look like anything. Like every single movie, whether it be James Bond, whether it be Black Widow, when it comes to the way they portray spies is so fucking inaccurate because 
like you're not gonna have a spy that's really goddamn attractive and really big and broad shoulders. They're gonna be somebody that just blends into a crown. They're gonna be your everyman. They're gonna be your like average Joe or mm. Josephine in this case. Like it's it, it just it's so funny to me how people want to nitpick this shit and then like not even realize that the dumb shit that they're saying isn't even accurate. But you know, fuck it, nerds, man. What are you gonna do? Um. I wanted to talk real quick about uh, Cap 2, I mean, because we're already doing that. I wanted to kind of go back to that for just a second here um, before we wrap up. Um, I find it weird because I was looking into this. I was like, well, where where were the other Avengers when this was happening? Like, wouldn't it have been really nice if, like, fucking Tony Stark showed up in one of his, you know, Iron Man suits and helped them out when the helicarriers were getting ready to obliterate everyone? And I started thinking about it, and I was like, well, no, he... Uh, Fury literally said as he was quote unquote dying don't trust anybody and who provided a lot of the tech for the helicarriers in the first place yeah so how could he trust Stark I mean like I'll always take a, a, a decent story reason for it yep. but it's also a matter of like I don't know they were doing something else yeah they were fucking yeah. busy <laughs> like, yeah there's, uh, um, there's a comic book writer named Kurt Busiek who wrote uh he wrote this this blog post essay thing um a while back i think like probably like 2012 at this point about this exact thing talking about like well you know if if green lantern is on earth dealing with this big crazy thing why doesn't superman just come through and help him with it and in essentially he he the argument uh the counter argument for that was um because this is a Green Lantern story. Like, if if that logic is going to hold, then you might as well say, well, why isn't every every comic story a Superman story? Because Superman can do all these things. Yeah, and Flash. he's yeah, or the, the Flash. Yeah. yeah, he's super fast. He can be wherever he needs to be, whenever he wants. Like, why not? Why why isn't he doing all the things all the time? And it's like because I want to read this Batman story. I don't want to read this Batman Flash crossover right now. Um. And yeah. he, he, go ahead. No, I, I just said, yeah, that was it. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, no, I thought it was a yeah, but. Um, no, but, no. And it's it's essentially, he was like, look, there was a time when, uh, he's like, the first time that Superman and Batman, there was a Superman and Batman story together was a big damn deal because up to that point, you had your Batman stories and you had your Superman stories and there was never even a suggestion that these guys knew each other. And then they have this crossover and it's like, whoa, that's crazy. Like they could hang out if they wanted to. But the idea that they had to keep showing up in each other's stories was kind of absurd because they're different stories. And he right. likens it to cake. He's like, sometimes I just want to have my Justice League cake versus sometimes I want to have my Batman cake. And I don't need them to always be forced together. Um, there's, it, it, it's, it's, it's part of the suspension of disbelief. Don't try to apply strict real world logic to 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 everything all the time because you're just going to be frustrated and you're going to just going to be disappointed. And truthfully, if we were doing that with all these stories, a lot of the things that you really enjoy about them wouldn't work anymore. Yep. So just fucking lighten up. <laughs> I, like, I can't. Yeah. 
I can't wait to read the uh, the upcoming Bruce Wayne number one, where he's just you know giving money away and <laughs> not, not fighting bad guys, not coming up with cool gadgets, not interacting Dude, that, with Superman or Wonder Woman or anyone. Nope, nope, just rich guys. Like, hey, here's five k. That that uh, uh, that boardroom one shot sure is exciting. <laughs> I'm I'm really fucking jazzed about reading the prospectus from Wayne Enterprises. Uh, as the backup, like, yeah, come the fuck on. Like, what kind what do you want to read? What do you want to experience? And you're like, oh, well. Hey, you guys. Remember when Clayface was, like, going to kill Batman? And then, like, um, Batman was like, yo, um, I'm really good friends with Bruce Wayne. What if I just gave you, like, $2.5 million to fix your condition? Clayface was like, oh, word. And then they were friends. Nice, man. <laughs> and then, and then. Clayface came and worked at Wayne Enterprises as like marketing director, and and then and and they would occasionally have lunch together, and and then he and, was like, hey, remember that time I tried to kill Batman? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, I heard about that. Um, so anyway, I just bought this boat. <laughs> it would be the most boring the shit. Like, like, yeah, exactly. Like, what do you want from these stories? Because it's an ethnic, it's not, it's not the, the, you know, the real world, everything. It's, it's, you know, it's supposed to be fun. I was talking about yeah. this yesterday at, at, a, a, at a party, like, discussing uh, D&D and, like, the importance of, like, if you're not having a good time, something's wrong. So figure that shit out. And sometimes for a lot of fan, comic fans in particular, it seems like the something that's wrong is them and their unwillingness to just let it go just like step away from things and realize that these are supposed to be like allegorical they're not supposed to be a one-to-one -one of like you know this is real like well batman is just a billionaire that runs around in a fetish suit and punches poor people like okay dude if that's what you want this character to be then yeah if 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 every approach is you know you know if all you have is hammers everything's gonna look like a nail sure maybe realize that there are different interpretations of things and that that's important and that that's worthwhile. It's just, ugh. it's just so frustrating. It is. But here's the great thing about it is we don't have to listen to those assholes. Truth. Because they didn't, they didn't get a panel at awesome con. Sure we did. Fuck. <laughs> so great segue, right? Um, all you wonderful, lovely folk out there who are listening to, this podcast right now if you were in the dc area or even if you're not in the dc area and you just want to come down and hang out that would be great because you can go to awesome con 2021 it is august 20th through the 22nd that's a friday saturday and sunday we will be there on sunday we have our own panel it is in room 103 it is at 10 45 a.m we will be joined by mr ulysses e campbell of fantastic forum we're going to be talking about the importance of being an ambassador in the geeky nerdy world it's something that we live by it's something that we stand for big time here because it's more fun to have more people when it comes to this geeky nerdy thing to share the things that you love to to explain to somebody hey you know you watch this one star wars movie you really liked it dude there's so much more cool stuff um let me give you uh an example here are some great things that you can listen uh you can watch here's some great things you can read there's so much out there there's no bad place to start kind of thing that's what we live by that's what we truly believe and that's something we want to share and that it would only make this place a better world a better geeky nerdy world 
if we all kind of ascribe to that belief structure. So yeah, check us out. Um, I know Mr. Brooks is our resident uh, convention goer extraordinaire. He will be there all three days. So um, just checking out all the cool things that are there. Also doing some cosplaying too, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure which ones I'll have that weekend, but I will be in something that weekend. That's awesome. Yeah, so there's lots of fun stuff coming up here, guys. It's not a, as uh, Rambo was saying in another comparison, you know, it's not a one-to-one. Like, we, we, this is not a binary situation where it's like, oh, all, all cons are back, so everybody should go. Look, if you don't want to go because it's, you don't feel safe, like, we get that. We totally understand that. And maybe give it another year. Maybe give it even more. But um, the invitation is out there. We are going to record our panel as well, so you guys will be able to um, consume it in some way or shape or form. I don't know if we're going to be able to do video. We'll try. Uh, we'll definitely do audio for sure though. Cause we have the equipment to do that. As far as other surprises, we're going to try and see if we can pull the tech and maybe get some of our other contributors who are not going to be able to be in the DC area with us. Maybe they can pop on as well. We'll see how that goes. This is still new for us when it comes to this sort of thing. So, uh, bear with us. So that's big news that we got here. Also, There'll be giveaways, I'm sure. We'll have some cool stuff to give away, some swag. Maybe we'll have some GGR stickers or things like that for anybody who shows up to our uh, our panel. But I think that wraps us up for this episode. Next, when we do the MCU rewatch review, um, it's Age of Ultron, isn't it? Uh, to finish phase two? I want to say yes. And, oh, and Ant-Man. Oh, that'll be fun. I like both of those. Those are both good flicks. Um, Yeah, especially with Age of Ultron, it caught some crap early on. People didn't like it as much as the first one. But like now that we're into, I don't know, phase 76 or whichever phase we're in right now, (laughs) Age of Ultron really seems to have had a big impact. And it it, it impacts everything, too, because it impacts Civil War. It impacts WandaVision. There's so much going on with Age of Ultron that is really 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 important for future stuff so i think we'll really really dive into that one and ant-man honestly ant-man's just fucking fun dude it's a fun it's such a fun movie Uh yeah so i think that'll be really really enjoyable uh for us to get into as well uh but for all of us here at the great geek refuge again we appreciate you so much for subscribing for sharing with your friends uh for being part of this journey that we continue to be on Uh, and we'll keep doing podcasts as long as y'all keep listening that's the deal that we have Uh, So for all of us here at The Great Geek Refuge, again, thank you so much for all of your time and uh, all of your support. And remember, together, there are no heights that we can't reach. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, boy!